Excerpt from Poison Mysteries in History, Romance, and Crime by C. J. S. Thompson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 1 Poisons Used by Ancient and Primitive Races. Excerpt poisons those silent weapons capable of destroying life mysteriously secretly and without violence have ever had a peculiar fascination for mankind they have played so large a part in history at various periods in romance as well as in crime that the subject is one which claims the attention of every student of human nature a poison may be generally described as any substance which in a small quantity when introduced into or absorbed by a living organism destroys life by rapid action in another sense a substance may be termed a poison that has a cumulative effect if administered for a length of time so that it ends fatally substances of this description were called venom venin venom or bane in the middle ages and also termed slow poisons it is probable that many substances which had the effect of destroying life were observed and used by primitive man from a period of remote antiquity when injured in a tribal battle by perhaps a flint arrowhead or stone axe he no doubt sought for something to revenge himself on his enemy in his search for curative substances he also found noxious ones which produced unpleasant effects when applied to the point of a weapon destined to enter the internal economy of an opponent he doubtless observed that the arrowhead and spear on which the blood of former victims had dried caused wounds which often proved fatal owing to the action of what we now term septic poisons this may have led him to experiment with the juices of plants till he discovered something of a more deadly character the observations of primitive man as to the poisonous effects of plants on animal life is evident from some of the names which he gave to them in early times instances of these are perpetuated in cowbane the water hemlock which often has a fatal effect on cattle salbane so called says parkinson in his herbal as it was observed to kill swine wolfsbane leopardsbane henbane and many others which might be mentioned showing that primitive man must have observed the evil effects on the animal whose name he associated with them in primeval times both the poisonous and medicinal properties of plants appear to have been first discovered and kept secret by the most observant and intelligent members of pastoral and nomadic tribes the possessor of such secrets wielded an immense power over his fellows and often combined the office of medicine man and priest he reserved to himself as much as possible the knowledge which he had acquired of plants and their uses and particularly those which would produce stupor delirium and death for by these means he was enabled to exert a greater influence over others the study therefore of the poisons employed by primitive races for destroying life in animals and man is one of considerable interest arrowheads and spearheads worked with depressions probably for holding poisons have been found in cave remains in the paleolithic period in france lagno is of the opinion that these weapons were first used to destroy large animals such as the bison and reindeer and were probably also used in tribal warfare toxicon the greek word used to denote poison takes its origin from a word signifying a bow which probably symbolized a poison-tipped arrow 
a custom still practiced by savage tribes in various parts of the world it seems but a natural sequence that man should have turned to his own account the knowledge he acquired of the effects of substances which proved deadly when introduced into the body by either external or internal means as in them he found a more secure and secret weapon by means of which he could rid himself of the objects of his jealousy hatred or revenge the greek toxican from which the word toxicology is derived is believed to have been used for the poisonous substance into which the arrowheads were dipped poisoned arrows are mentioned by several of the early writers including homer horace and ovid the latter tells us how the blood of vipers was used to poison weapons and there was a general belief that disease and death were caused by poisoned arrows shot by an offended deity as instanced in the mythical story of apollo whose darts were supposed to smite man with pestilence the scythians are known to have used poisons and mixed the venom they employed with human blood certain tribes of the caucasus are said to have employed viper venom mixed with decomposed human blood serum aristotle and strabo state that the celts were accustomed to poison their arrows and weapons while pliny and celsus refer to the practice among the gauls as late as the seventh century poisoned arrows were used by the dacians and the dalmatians on the shores of the danube and among the goths it seems to have been a common custom almost every savage tribe and people throughout the world have been found to have their own particular poison for this purpose and there is little doubt that this method of making the wound caused by the weapons more deadly has been practiced from a period of remote antiquity although most of the substances employed in the methods of preparation are now known to us there are others about which little or no information can be obtained the secret of the poison used by many barbaric tribes is still most jealously guarded and is only known to certain chiefs in their families or the medicine men of the tribe who pass on the knowledge to their successors the substances used for lethal purposes are both of animal and vegetable origin and include poisonous insects and fish snake venoms and poisonous plants which are used alone or mixed together these substances are not equally effective as the active principle by age tends to decompose but if the poison be freshly prepared as it often is it generally proves fatal lewin however states that he found an arrow poison used by the bushmen in australia still active after remaining for ninety years in a berlin museum the poisons used by the various tribes of bushmen of africa vary according to the district in which they live livingstone states that those who inhabited the kalahari district used the entrails of a small caterpillar for poisoning their spears and arrows when drawn over a sore this insect which is known to the natives as nga causes the most excruciating agony and those wounded by arrows smeared with this poison die slowly in a condition of violent delirium bain says the bushman squeeze the grub gradually between the forefinger and thumb when a colorless fluid exudes which is smeared over the arrowhead forming an imperceptible coating modern investigators who have studied the properties of this curious poison state that its action strongly resembles some of the snake venoms and that it will retain its properties for an indefinite time livingstone also mentions a curious fact that the natives consider that the best antidote to the poison is to swallow the grub 
A very powerful poison employed by other tribes of bushmen for their arrow and spearheads is said by Burchell to be prepared from Amaryllis distica, various species of euphorbium, and acocanthera, alone or mixed with snake venom, and a species of black spider or beetle poison. The bushmen, or bajermans, of the South African district called Kalahari use the juice of the leaf beetle or the diamphidia simplex. Lewin, who examined the insect, found in its body, besides inert fatty acids, a tox albumin which causes paralysis and finally death. Bame, after examination, states that the poison from the larva also belongs to the tox albumins. The poison grubs are of a pale flesh color, similar to the silkworm, and are about three-quarters of an inch in length. When a wound is made by an arrow poisoned with this exudation, the most intolerable agony is caused, which proves fatal. The Somali prepare a very deadly poison from various species of acocanthera, which they call waba, wabayo, or ubayo, to which they sometimes add snake venom. The Ovamposts of southwest Africa employ a species of adenium as an arrow poison, while the seeds of the strophanthus, strophanthus hispidus or combe, are largely used by the tribes who inhabit the districts near the Congo and the Zambezi. The arrow poison of the pygmies of central Africa, in which the red ant forms an ingredient, is described by Stanley, and is so very deadly that a single arrow has been known to kill an elephant. According to a recent writer on Malay poisons, John D. Gimlet, native poisoners frequently use narcotic plants to stupefy their victims as a preliminary to robbing them. They also employ sand, powdered glass, quicklime, and other powders to disconcert their pursuers. Some of them claim to be able to know a method of causing loss of voice lasting seven or eight days by the administration of certain poisons by the mouth. Gimlet asserts that two or three clinical cases have occurred in Kelantan in which it was alleged that the witnesses in court could not give evidence for this reason. Malay cunning is proverbial, but it is not generally known that the natives are accustomed to use poison in the same manner as employed in ancient times, namely by mixing it with honey, which is sometimes smeared on the undersurface of a knife. The poisoner then shares a meal with his enemy and divides a watermelon in half with the poisoned blade but is careful to eat only the upper and harmless portion as his share of the fruit. This method is said to be common in Traganu, where potassium cyanide is employed for the purpose. The Malays are said to have a knowledge of slow poisons which they call time poisons, by means of which they can give a single dose of poison and time the death of the victim within three, six, or even twelve months, according to the dose and the particular combination used. Native experts, however, say that the idea of this time poison is unfounded, but they know that the effect of certain deadly poisons is greatly accelerated or delayed if certain fruits or vegetables, such as watermelon or cucumbers, happen to be eaten soon after the ingestion of the poison. Some of the Malays believe that the poisoned food can be recognized by the shadow of the right hand and fingers not being cast on eating rice. Others believe that a stirring rod of ivory will become darkened if poison has been put into the food, and in Perak, a spoon made of the beak of a hornbill is said to turn black if touched by anything of a poisonous nature. The Malays use many different vegetable poisons for their blowpipe darts, 
some of which are extremely powerful, but curiously enough, some are poisonous to certain animals and not to others, and many of the poisons which destroy human life may be eaten with impunity by graminiferous animals. Thus, opium does not poison pigeons, tobacco and hemlock do not injure goats, and henbane can be eaten by rabbits. The Malay jungle natives have special markings on their blowpipe darts by means of which they differentiate their various poisons. That of the upas tree is specially marked to distinguish it from the others. The sap of the upas tree, Antiaris toxicaria, the active principle of which is called antiarin, is used as a poison for their darts by the natives throughout the eastern archipelago, including Java and Borneo. It is extremely powerful and will sometimes cause death in 30 minutes after a wound is received. It is often mixed with the venom of snakes, scorpions or centipedes, and occasionally with arsenic. The upas tree sap is collected in primitive vessels fashioned from palm leaves, which are then suspended a few feet above the fire. The boiling process is somewhat protracted, and during the whole time the sap is continually stirred. During this operation, the liquid is transformed into a thick, viscid mass, and in this condition it is withdrawn from the fire. When cold, the sap is a solid, hard, yet brittle substance, so before it is set, the leaf is rolled up with its soft contents, the two ends tied with rattan, and the poison thus kept till it is required. The darts, which are projected by the natives with blowpipes, consist of strips of palm wood from 20 to 30 centimeters in length. They are pointed at one end, and a quantity of poison is then removed from its palm leaf receptacle and ground up until it is the consistency of flour. It is then mixed with water and stirred up until it becomes a thin paste, which is smeared upon the points of the darts. The process of preparation takes place before a fire, and when completed, they are placed with their points towards the fire until the upas sap has dried into the wood. In the case of the darts that are required for larger game, the point of the weapon is split open, and a thin metal wedge or plate is inserted, and the whole point is then smeared over with the poison. The opposite end of the dart comprises a small conical butt made of the soft pith of the sago palm. The darts are carried in small bamboo quivers, which are fixed into the loincloth of the native, the points being protected by a piece of animal skin. North American Indians employ a poison called caramari, which they prepare from the roots of a plant found along the seacoast. It is prepared by being burnt in earthen pipkins, and to the residue is added a species of spider, hairy worms, bat's wings, the head and tail of a fish called taborino, toads, and mancanillas. These substances are set over a fire and heated in pots till they come to the consistency of a paste. The Choco Indians of Colombia, South America, use a poison which they extract from a tree frog, which they hold on a stick near a fire when the heat causes the glands of the skin to secrete the poisonous fluid. The Yivaro Indians of the Amazon use a vegetable poison called yambi for their arrows, which is said to be made from a species of vine which grows in great profusion throughout the upper Amazon zone. The process for extracting the poison, as described by Up de Graaf in Headhunters of the Amazon, is simple. Quote, the vine is cut into sections a foot in length, and the thin, hard outer crust of bark is carefully removed by scraping. The main bark, white when first exposed to the air, turns brown in just the same way as an apple. 
this inner bark is scraped into fine shavings by means of shells and flints and these are placed in a colander which rests upon a pot in which water is boiling the water is poured over the contents of the colander repeatedly until the constant action on it has drawn out the alkaloid when the lifeless shavings are thrown away and the residue is boiled down until it resembles both in consistency color and smell plain chocolate while still warm it is poured into a bamboo receptacle and when cool it becomes semi-solidified the head of the arrow is dipped into the yambi and dried in the sun or before the fire these arrows have a swift and painless effect on animals and birds of the forest and after a wound from the poisoned dart projected from a blowgun so long as the skin is broken at any point they are killed within about two minutes experiments carried out on domestic animals have proved that the poison acts painlessly the effect being much the same as an overdose of morphine but despite its proved deadliness yambi is never used by the headhunters in warfare one of the most curious preparations in use among the north american indians is the so-called black poison the effects of which are well known around the lakes of the winnipeg basin and in the swan river district some time after administration it changes the color of the skin from brownish yellow or copper color to a sooty black and at the same time causes hair to grow on unusual parts such as the cheekbones its first effects are sickness headache and pain in the back and limbs afterwards ulceration and sores break out in various parts of the body chiefly over the joints and more particularly the knuckles when prepared the poison is said to be a brown snuff-like powder with a slight and rather sickening smell a small quantity administered in food appears to be sufficient to produce these effects it is said to be partly composed of frus toxicodendron mixed with a dried acrid matter secreted by the glands in the skin of a species of toad the indian tribes indigenous to california have a curious method of using certain plants to stupefy or poison fish one of the most effective is soap root chlorogallum pomeridianum besides providing a substitute for soap the crushed pulp is dropped into the water generally into a small pool or stream and then stirred the fish are stupefied by the poison float to the surface and are captured either by hand or in a basket another plant employed for this purpose is known as blue curls or vinegar weed trichostema lancerlatum other tribes of indians in south america use curare which they extract from a certain species of strychnose and other plants which were first brought to england by sir walter raleigh in fifteen ninety five although a deadly poison when introduced into a wound or injected under the skin curare is particularly harmless when swallowed indeed humboldt states the indians lick it off their fingers and use it as a stomachic tonic the Ainos of japan are said to have used a preparation made from aconite and tobacco while the natives of new hebrides are stated to smear their arrows with damp earth containing the tetanus bacillus which infects the person wounded by them end of chapter one excerpt from poison mysteries in history romance and crime by c j s thompson